This principle of success is called the Mastermind Principle. The, 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 the Mastermind Your Life Podcast. Podcast. If you're wanting to realize your ideas, goals, and dreams, and on the journey of masterminding your life, it's time for the podcast made just for you. This is the Mastermind Your Life Podcast. With Tolu Owoyemi. What's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of Mastermind Your Life. We got Charlie T in the house, top 100 Facebook ads marketer. His students and clients have done over a billion dollars in revenue. First of all, that's that's nuts. Charlie, thank you for taking <laughs> the is. time out of your day to be here. We super appreciate it. This is going to be fantastic. A huge bomb. I am super excited. Thank you for having me here. I turn on the light. Like we're, we're bringing some heat. We're bringing some. We're bringing some fire. I gotta bring in the energy. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. Go. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Uh, I've been in the game nearly a decade. I personally have managed hundreds of millions of dollars in spend. And like you said, my students and clients have done over a billion in revenue. And uh, uh, you know, a couple of things. Like I brought DPA to market. I brought lead gen to market. I, I wrote the best practices for CBO and creative testing and everything that's taught in the Power Five. I, I've been there and done that. I remember before there was a Facebook Pixel and we wow. edited Facebook with Excel. So I've been around for a while. I remember when CPMs were a dollar. Let me put it that way. Um, so let's get into it, man. Let's have some fun. The fact that you said before Facebook had a pixel, you used it. Oh, I yeah. can only imagine, literally, yo, I feel like, <laughs> Grant Cardone, Russell Brunson, like that, like like the top guys just need to have you like in a corner somewhere that's like, you run our ads. Nobody I else. will tell you, uh, I did meet Grant uh, on Clubhouse more than a few times. And uh, also John, the former CEO of uh, T-Mobile. And we did have some conversations about doing some little things here and there. Uh, who knows? It was fun. But, <laughs> I, you know, um, I'm very expensive. And I mean, they got money, but I got other stuff going on and uh, they didn't want to give me equity and I had other things happening because, you know, you got to get paid. You got to get paid, especially if you're going to be managing because, man, I, I, I run an agency and it's like, isn't growth development, but dealing with clients and, you know, rev share and things like that. So it's a fascinating world. But even before we get into all of that. Let's start with your origin stories. Before you were the Facebook ads, you know, mega champ, you know, c- colossus, you know, genius. How did things Say all these nice begin? things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, I'll be honest with you, man. Oh, it's, the story's good. The story's good. All right, let's strap on the fucking, let's, you know, seatbelt, have some fun here. So, when I got out of high school, I went to Florida to go to college, and I was in some bands. I started uh, getting in some radio stuff. Uh, Memorial Day one year, uh, the day after Memorial Day, I started answering the phones at some AM station. By Monday, uh, I was on-air talent. And I basically spent a decade being a touring uh, punk rock, rock and roll musician, and wow. on-air radio personality, and I peaked at Sirius XM. I was an on-air radio guy for afternoon and evening drive and here's the scandal you ready for the scandal this is gonna be good this is gonna be good um hulk hogan had a sex tape and his sex tape was with the owner of the radio stations that i worked at that guy's wife 
and Hulk Hogan and Howard Stern were funding the radio station. So when Gawker tried to take 600 or 800 million dollars out of all of this thing, there was like this huge scandal. Basically what happened is Hulk Hogan and Howard Stern pulled their money from this guy and nobody else had a job on Sirius XM anymore. The channel went dead, all of this stuff went south. And so I basically had nothing to do. So I put my I put everything I had, I put my dog, my guitar, a laptop in a car, and I drove from Orlando, Florida to Los Angeles, California in 42 hours. And, uh, and uh, you know, I spent the night in Arizona and got to see, I think at the time it was the Heat win the NBA championship. And then like next Let's day go. I'm in LA. And uh, that was that. So I wouldn't be here today if Hulk Hogan hadn't released a sex tape um, and started an international scandal for like $800 million. So thank you, Hulk Hogan, for cheating on your wife on camera. Otherwise, I wouldn't be here. So, uh, yeah, that's the background. Uh, it, 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 there's more to it than that. But I also put myself through grad school. Um, I do have an MBA. I have a B. I, so I have an associate's degree in, uh, in, in recording arts. I have a bachelor's degree in music business management, and then an MBA from Harvard Business Review for marketing and business management. So I have a little bit of that stuff, um, but also you know, sex tape scandals. Did like, you say an MBA fun. from Harvard? A Harvard Business Review. So I went to a school um, that. Basically, their campuses were adjacent to military bases because the government wanted their officers to get Ivy League education, but they didn't want them to like move to Boston for a couple of years. So there was this business that basically took the Harvard Business Review and taught it to officers. Well, my dad happened to be a professor, and both my parents are officers in the military with 20-plus years of service, and they're retired Woo! now. Um, so I was a military brat, <laughs> moved around a lot, spent some years in Germany and stuff. Um, so I got to teach the Harvard Business Review. I got to learn the Harvard Business Review um, for my my business uh, education, um, which I could not have possibly afforded or been able to have the opportunity other than the fact my parents are both officers and I had legacy support because he was a professor. So a couple strings got pulled in like the USAA. If you served or your family is a member, you can get in. And uh, so because of that, basically I got a Harvard Business Education for a fraction of the time Man, at night school look in the middle paper. of Florida. Man, does oh, that yeah. look good oh, on it paper, does. especially when you're uh, trying to man those big bucks, too. Yeah, although I'll tell you now, my reputation speaks for itself. Nobody's ever asked. If anybody really went into it, they just see that I did graduate magna cum laude from high school. But that's because I got expelled three times, and I was the only senior in my graduating class. So I have a 2.73 magna cum laude because I was the number one student. Because I was the only student in my graduating class. <laughs> but hey, look, Magna Cum Laude, Harvard Business Review, let's go. That keeps getting better and better and better. Now, one thing <laughs> that's interesting is that you said uh, pop rock band and music management. And the thing that's interesting, before this agency, I actually co-founded another agency that was entirely focused in the music industry. So we worked with so many artists and their tours and promotion and management and it, it was super fascinating. But one thing you come to find out really soon is that most artists don't have a buck to their name. They got a dream no. and they got the hustle, but rarely do they have the organizational efficiency of management to get to the next couple of levels. Um, 
So it, it, it's definitely fascinating to see that side. Is that kind of what also led you to more focus with you know ads and advertising and marketing? Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest. Yeah, like I was out on the road for years as a punk musician, right? Just just selling stuff. I got I got music on my arm, right? I got tattoos to prove it. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm committed. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and, and like, my wife's band is probably better than mine, but whatever. Um, I'm a bigger fan of her band than she is a fan of mine. I'll put it that way. Ooh, um, I'm a fan girl. Whatever. Um, whatever they play. Uh, that's what she says, and it's true. So I, I do think that a lot of what I learned in advertising wasn't just school. It was also the school of hard knocks type stuff, where when you're on the road, you live and eat and sleep and can travel based on your ability to basically hustle. And I took a lot of what I learned selling merchandise and making deals with places and booking tours. Like it's fun to go tour, but when you have to pay for gas and food, I mean, maybe you don't get a place to sleep unless you work hard. And I got, I spent a decade doing that. Like, how do you go and you extract money from an audience? Mm. And, a, and, and a punk band, we're, 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 like, we're on tour, but like half the time we're playing for the staff and the girlfriends of the other bands and four people with their social security check behind the bar. Like, we're not talking about big bucks here. Um, but how do you make that work? How do you monetize? And so I think I took a lot of that and to my organic promotion for my band and then also for my radio show. Like one of the reasons I got on Sirius XM was I, I was doing a college radio and I was answering phones and college radio was not that big a deal. And the, the, you know, the radio show that I had before me had like 100,000 listeners, something like that. And it was like Saturday, five to 7 a.m. So I'd be playing gigs out of town on Friday, drive home straight to the, to, to the radio station, be on air for a couple of hours and then go home and sleep. But I turned that into a hundred thousand uh, listener base that was competing with major market um, radio stations, and like that was really big. So I got into the hype, the 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 promotion, the the vibe, right? All of that stuff. It's ingrained in some people. I think I'm very entrepreneurial by spirit. Mm, and when I got into pop. advertising and marketing, I did it organically. Um, I, I had a company called Social Leaf, organic social marketing. And we were scaling brands and doing big things based purely on organic because paid media didn't even exist. Like there was paid ads on Google, but there was no such thing as Facebook ads, right? Um, or they were, but there was no way you could use it for a business. Like it was a crazy idea. So I built all this stuff up. And to be honest, one day, one of my, my biggest client who was paying me two grand a month came to me and was like, I dropped a hundred bucks in Facebook ads last night. And in the last 24 hours, I got more business than you've given me in the last month. So, and he's a buddy of mine. He's like, look, dude, I, I'm, I'm gonna go with this route. So like, I'll pay you out for the rest of our contract, but that's it. And so I filled myself with a whole bunch of sugar and felt sorry for myself for like a night. And then the next day, dropped my credit card into Facebook, started promoting my band. And within year a year, was I was, this was 2013. Wow. 2014. Um, and within a year, I was managing a million dollars a day or larger budgets for Nissan, CBS television, working with the Activision and Levi's teams as a supervisor at an evil international conglomerate ad agency. Um, and like I walked in there, just dude off the street. I had cowboy boots, cut off jeans, band t-shirts, 
long hair, tattoos. Everybody else had like gone to college, got an internship, did all of these things. And I walked in there day one, never sent a corporate email. I didn't know how to do the like training documentation so that they could say like, okay, well our insurance is fine with you working here. I didn't know how. Uh, and I was already like upper management. Uh, I just rolled in off the street, um, which was which was crazy. They knew in three days I was a bad hire, but um, basically I was it was a blessing too, because nobody wanted to work with me. So what they did is they just sent me off to the like I, nobody here wants to work with you. So we're just gonna send you when the Facebook guy comes. You're just gonna work with them. And so they just kept pawning me off on all the platform direct people. So basically, the guy from Facebook had to babysit me. Now, the guy from Facebook didn't give a damn about the quality of work I was doing. We were just chopping it up. And what ended up happening was I made friends with all the reps and all the department directors and all the team members. So I was way better at the platform from an institutional knowledge basis than anybody so that had done the right had, thing. You actually had connections from the direct yeah. Facebook, so the reps, the, 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 the you know ambassadors, everybody yeah. working on it. Because they're basically just like, hey, we don't want to do, like, somebody's here, you go babysit this guy. And I'd go, and we'd have a great time. Because I've also, you know, I, I was a touring musician, I got stories for days, I can hold court a little bit. We're chopping it up, we're having a great time, right? And so they're all just like, this guy's great. Uh, and then I also knew the scientific method because I would do some Harvard business stuff. And so anytime they wanted to do a test, they were like, hey, we'll give you hundred grand. Can you run this test for us? Awesome. So in a short amount of time, I ended up spending millions of dollars doing testing of Facebook's new products before anybody else had the opportunity to. So I ended up knowing the product team, the engineering team, the design team, the auction and delivery team. And the first big thing was lead ads. So lead gen ads on Facebook. Yep. I was in the introduction of that. And my bright idea was our client was Nissan. And they were all like, well, we have this lead gen ad. Nobody knows what to do with it. And I was like, well, I got to sell this 20, I think time, the 2015 Sentra or something like that, right? And like the Infinity QX60 or something, right? Like that was the thing that was coming in. And I was just like, um, well, Facebook's going to give me a million dollars of their money to test out this new tech. So what I'm going to do is I have to figure out a way of using lead gen. So what I did was... I just got lead gen to send test drive requests to dealerships. And we ended up for like 17 to 20 bucks selling cars at scale with a seven figure budget. Ooh, and the God. next year, every single car dealership in America had somebody just running Facebook ads. And like, I was just some dumb dude with a crazy idea because nobody ever taught me to do better because I didn't know what I was supposed to do. And the only people I ever talked to were the crazy thinkers at Facebook that were like light years ahead, galaxy brain stuff. And I was like, yeah, sure, why not? Like, it's your money. My client will, will love it. I have, nobody on my team wants to work with me so I can do whatever the hell I want. And it's your money. Cool. Uh, the client's happy because I get an extra million bucks to do whatever the hell I want with. And then Facebook's happy because I'm out there just doing scientific method research designed by the you know, Harvard Business Review. This is how you conduct a test. And I use the new unit economics. Um, now, my presentations looked terrible because my PowerPoint deck was looking like it was written by a drunk five-year-old, but it got the point oh across. <laughs> and what ended up happening was Facebook was just like, well, this is the guy. So I ended up doing that for lead gen. I did it for dynamic product ads, DPA. Um, mm. Back we had to hire some 
Australian agency for $50,000 to put together a giant Excel spreadsheet to take all of Macy's products and put it into Facebook because the idea of like a product catalog or a feed didn't exist. That, that tech never didn't exist, wasn't there. So for six months, there was this hustle of just basically people doing data entry into Excel and they were making 50, 100 grand on contracts. Um, like it was crazy. First contract was 10, next one was 40, next one was 100 for less and less work until like Shopify came around and made it like, oh yeah, just hit this button. And then the entire industry died. But there was like six months of just like crazy people printing money. And everybody was in Australia for some reason, like two kids figured it out and they made money. But yeah, that was another thing, you know, where, um, and, and there's other stuff that I did, which was absolute failures. Um, and we don't talk about them as much. Uh, but I'll, I'll call one of them out. One of them used to be what we call canvas ads, where it was micro sites that were interactive on Facebook. And we mm. would do them for like this video game company where if you got the canvas ad and you engaged with it, you could, you could link up multiple ones together and basically go out there and collect to get power-ups for like Call of Duty or something like that. And like, it sounded great. We loved it. Facebook threw money at it. The client was like, this is awesome. And like eight people gave a damn. And so we lost like a bunch of money. Uh, but Facebook was just like, okay, we'll not do this anymore. Now it's called instant experiences on Facebook. Yep. But, Yep. Um, yeah, I remember back when that was, that was like, I was the third guy to touch that stuff. So, I mean, it's been a wild ride, but it basically all started with um, good education and some school of hard knocks type stuff, plus some good, real solid, uh, you know, uh, college things. And then one person made a bad hire because I interviewed really, really well. And it took them nine months to legally fire me because it was corporate <coughs> America. And they basically just tried to pawn me off on everybody. And I made the best because it was like, oh, yeah, take three days. Go to Menlo Park. Just get out of the office. Like, awesome. So I got Facebook's money and a corporate credit card. And I have nothing to do. Let's oh, go wow. have some fun. <laughs> and I'm here now. I, what can I say? Like, uh, it was a blessing. And, and so now I spend the majority of my time teaching people how to do Facebook stuff because I figured I've solved the problems. Like it's not exciting to me anymore to sit down and work Facebook ads accounts. I mean, I do, I manage, you know, some stuff just to, I feel like if you're not doing the work, you shouldn't, shouldn't listen to somebody that doesn't have skin in the game. Right. And, and so like, I do spend time managing. I, I got a couple million a year that I manage, right? Some, some big stuff, some small stuff. Some things are like a hundred bucks a day. Some things are like a thousand a day. Some things are like 20, 30 grand. There's, there's just so I can understand the different things and I can put my hands in on stuff. But the majority of my time is now spent teaching people. Um, and so like I've come up with this thing, the Facebook ads MBA program, which is my enterprise level solution for teaching people how to measure, how to test, how to plan for the future and grow and develop their businesses. And basically what are all the eight, nine, Seven, eight, nine, what are all the eight, nine, and 10 figure businesses doing that the six and seven figure businesses that can never get past 500 grand a year or never get past 3 million? What can they not, what are they not doing? Like, have you ever watched Shark Tank? And the guy's like, yeah, this is great. Damon's like, awesome. This is a good hustle for you. You're going to make 300, you're going to make 3 million a year. I'm not going to invest. And the person's like, what are you talking about? I'm making 3 million. He's like, it's not worth my time. What is the thing that they're not doing that that other person that's making 30 million on something that's dumber and lower quality? What is the difference? And almost always it's the way they think and the way they problem solve and the system and process they implement. And I've had the luxury of having a lot of bosses that didn't have the time to baby me and expected me to over deliver on everything. And 
I got the opportunity of basically wasting hundreds of millions of dollars of other people's money and going out there and I, I'll say this, I had the humility to accept responsibility for everything I did wrong mm -hmm. and I was too proud to give up. And mm -hmm. that hustle made me the best person in the room in every room I went into when the objective was using social media to grow and develop businesses. Wow. And I got put in bigger and bigger rooms. And to be fair, it's just been years since I wasn't the big shark in a backyard pond. Um, and so I was just like, screw it. I, 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 I've, I've climbed all the mountains. I've, I've been there, right? So now for me, the why is passing that stuff on because nobody was there. And like my first mm. boss, remember I told you it was a bad hire. On like my second week, I went to her for a question like, how do I do this? She took out her headphone, told me to check my job description, put her headphone back in and went back to her email. And that was the level of support I got. She was, at the same time, the absolute worst boss I ever had. Mm. But on the other end, and she was, her name was Shauna, she was Australian. She's like, oh, Charlie, look at you. Well, whatever, that's a terrible accent. Um, but at the same time, it was also the best thing. Because it basically made me have to. Succeed. You have to rely right? on yourself. It's like learning how to swim by throwing somebody off of a boat. Not the deep end of a pool. Off of a moving speedboat like in the ocean. Like figure it out. Right? Because we're talking million dollars a day. Giant contracts. I made $50,000 mistakes. Like you learn quick or you die. And so I feel like that's what got me here. And so now I've been really trying to spend my time and energy teaching people. And mm. I see so many experts, quote unquote, on the internet and, and well-respected people who have no clue what they're talking about. Very good salespeople, Extremely men and women salespeople. all over the world selling stuff that was bad information three years ago and a nice shiny Oof. new box. Oh my God. And, and I used to call them all out by name. I used to like, and the honest truth is like, I got banned from attending conferences, not just, not just speaking, but like they wouldn't let me attend things because they were like, Sheesh. yeah, if he raises his hand, this is bad, right? Uh, I mean, <laughs> I saw, I'll call two things out. I'll call two things out to like, oh, you yeah. know, throw some shade, right? So Tim Bird of AdLeaks, mm. I saw him on stage in Las Vegas record a presentation for something he called Cloud CBO. And it was quite legitimately my presentation from three months earlier to Facebook Disruptor Group, mm. quoted word for word with the outcomes falsified. I literally knew the next slide in his presentations during it. And that broke me. I was just like, you know what? Screw these people. Like, like they kicked him, like after that thing, I went up to him and was like, hey man, uh, I appreciate what you did here. Like, I mean, that was actually for X, Y, and Z, blah, blah, blah. And he had no clue what I was talking That's about because right. he's just, he's a salesperson. He doesn't know how the sausage is made, right? He's just a nice yep. guy with a nice suit and a nice house with, you know, nice looking wife and pretty kids and all that other stuff. And people were like, I want to be like him. Cool. So let me just eat up all the snake oil he's going to sell me. Bye. Um, because yep. he's charging me 200 bucks because that $200 fix is going to make a million dollar change in my life because apparently <laughs> a, a 50,000 X return on my money is reasonable. Oh my God. Oh my no, God. nobody's. If you want to make a million dollar change in your life, you are not going to do it with a $250 piece of, of, of information. Not going to happen. 
Um, and then there were some other folks. I, I, I was at a um, I was at a Common Thread Collective event at Shopify in Los Angeles. And they gave some case study on what you're supposed to do to collect email addresses for a giveaway. And yep. the end of that event, it was like Nick Shackelford's last day and Savannah Sanchez was there and Taylor Holiday oh, and all yeah. that. The yeah. end of the event, they're like, hey, does anybody have any questions? I was like, why are you doing this? And I proceeded to lay out in the moment a plan that was four times uh, more effective and one-tenth the cost using technology Ooh. that would also build up CRM databases. I was, I was basically telling them about chatbots and opt-ins and all sorts of stuff. And basically saying, um, you guys are doing a terrible job. Do X, Y, and Z. Wow. And then they flipped the camera on me and Nick, who's solid dude, Nick Shackford, great guy. He invests in a lot of great companies and he's a very great guy. He just got engaged. He bought a house. He's doing good, this guy. Good, good fella. He flips the camera on me and he's like, all right, say that again. So I said, all right, one, two, three. He's like, okay, okay. Okay, okay, great. And then Savannah's like, hey, by the way, would you like a job? And my response to Savannah, I don't remember what I said exactly, and it's on camera, there's video of it, but it resulted in me getting blocked by Savannah Sanchez on every social media account for years. Um, and I don't know, I don't remember what I said, but apparently it was spicy enough that she's just like, you're not in my universe anymore. Like, <laughs> just not, and I was like, get him out of okay. here. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Um, so my, my point to all of this is my number one objective is I just found there was an institutional need for good information and the people that folks relied upon and trusted to give it were terrible. And very few of them actually even do the work. I can't tell you how many ad agency owners go out there and preach advice. And what they're doing is they're reciting information that they were told from a rep and that some of their team did to them. It's not them actually doing the work, running through everything, replicating those, those results over and over again and developing a system and a process that somebody can adapt to their needs. It is one person on my team did this. It looked good. We're gonna put it in a PowerPoint presentation. We're gonna go on stage. We're gonna charge 200 bucks a month for somebody to learn how to do the other stuff. <laughs> and I just got fed up with it. Because I got kicked out of all their Facebook groups. I was in one, I was just dropping hot shit after hot shit after hot, every single day. And I got kicked out. And I go to the next one, hot, hot. Uh, and I was just trying to be out your way. I was just trying to be helpful. And eventually people were just like, uh, well, there's no more Facebook groups that you can drop in ads that have more than like two, three hundred people. Why don't you just make your own? And I was like, fine, I'll do it. I don't want to do it. And it grew to like 13,000 people. And then I kept getting answer, asked the same questions over and over again. So I started to make ebooks and just answer stuff. And now my Patreon is a five-figure monthly income. And then I started to do training around all the systems and process. So my Facebook Ads MBA program is really built around that. And it's my effort to provide basically the ad agency model. 80% of people that buy ads, that, buy, that run Facebook ads, were trained incorrectly by somebody that didn't know what they were doing. Exactly. And my goal is to completely disrupt that entire industry in a way that like Code Academy made anybody that goes to Code Academy for six months can walk out with a six-figure job. Um, and the honest truth is Facebook ads, if you do it well, you can work 10, 20 hours a week and easily make 10 grand a month. Like that is stupid easy to do because you are being paid on the 
results of your actions. And, and this will be the last thing, because I don't even remember the question, but I know I've just been, like I said, I can talk on soliloquy forever. Go ahead. I'm an old radio guy, over. right? A song and dance man. Uh, <laughs> is this. There's this quote from this guy, Hank Azaria. I don't know if you're familiar with Hank Azaria. He's one of the voices of a lot of the characters on The Simpsons. You know The Simpsons, mm. right? So he said in an interview once, I am at the same time both the most overly paid man and wildly underpaid. Mm. And his point was, he goes into a sound booth for two, three weeks in the year, and he gets paid millions of millions of dollars for basically a couple of weeks' work. So he's wildly overpaid for his time. But he's also like one out of five characters on a TV show that's a billion dollar industry. So they're paying him pennies for the amount of money he's generated. So like for every penny they give him, they make a thousand dollars. You know what I mean? So it's like, <laughs> he, like he is not getting paid anything close to what he's worth. And Facebook media buyers and ad agencies and all that stuff, that's the space we live in. So. You know, eight, nine years ago, I was living in a basement. I've been fired three times, making 10 bucks an hour. And, you know, over the last two years, I bought a house. I got married. I paid for everything in cash. I'm doing fine. And, and stacking more stuff doesn't make sense to me. I want to build institutional change because I feel like this industry is full of low integrity players and it's evolving. And, People are trying to put together their hopes and their dreams and create jobs and generational wealth and opportunity. And I can be somebody of an agent of that change. Wow. Or I can try to stack more papers selling God knows what to somebody else. This I would rather problem. be the person that helps. Um, I can make the same amount of money either way. Like, look, I can go any, into any room and I can demand a pretty penny. But one of those makes me feel good when I go to sleep. The mm. other one, I just don't care. I just, I, I've sold so many different things. Weight loss pills, t-shirts, cars, jeans, video games, sneakers. I, I've done all the things. I don't care anymore. But teaching people that institutional knowledge that can create life-changing results is, that's my why. That's what I get up in the morning. That has changed my life. And if I can help other people to achieve that by undermining all of the predators in the space, I'll get out of bed in the morning and I'll mm. feel good about myself. And at the end of the day, self-esteem comes from doing esteemable acts. My day is spent helping people be successful so they see more success and less stress in their life. And I'll be honest, man, it's been a long time since I was unhappy. Mm. Powerful. Powerful. First of all, we, we gotta. This is so incredible in so many different ways, shapes, and forms. And Facebook ads are. It's almost like an organ within humans nowadays. It's mm -hmm. so essential, so vital, especially when you're right. There's so many people that. It's almost like a God in terms of this can make or break me. This can make my small business evolve to the next level. I can feed my family. I can, I know for me, it literally took me from uh, being in one of the worst situations in my life to literally being able to 
provide massive results for people and there's almost like a high when you provide results for people um, oh yeah and you you're doing it on a level that is beyond scope um and yeah and it's not it's not so much different as like a, as being like a baker right or or like a chef like if somebody makes the best sh- you know shrimp gumbo you've ever had in your life and you're like hey man this was amazing yep that feels exactly the same as like hey thanks for the thousand dollars here's ten grand <laughs> right like it's just how do you not feel good you're providing exactly. joy as a source of income make the world a better place you know what I'm saying why not and there's so many questions that I have for you and you're right most media buyers there isn't like the Facebook University like you go here four years three years two years and you graduate with the and things are constantly evolving you had the iOS update you know okay how do you go ahead and get past that okay you got to get the domain the DNS text code inside the domain you know attach that yeah. to the funnel blah, blah, blah. so but I love the fact of look this is a method this is a systematic method which you're going to use pull out the Excel sheet this is metric KPI one two three four if it's not in alignment with these metrics stop here <laughs> take this route instead so talk to us about your mindset let's say I'm a business owner I have an info product I, I sell a course that uh, teaches people how to rent out cars and make a passive income from it how does we how do we go about selling that product most people just are right, going into Facebook guys manager conversions all right throw a pixel on there get some creatives throw some copy and send them over there all right let's do a webinar get them in there but from your own nuanced and extremely seasoned experience how would you approach that like what 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 are the key factors or what how do you even look at that to start off with yeah um uh, first off i will say the solution is different for everyone because what you are good at is different than what i'm good at we can both read a script like if you ever, I, I used to like sell scholastic books, right? I used to be the door to, I was a door to door, safe light windshield replacement sales guy in the middle of Florida where I had to wear a suit in the summer. Like I've been that guy. I quite legitimately was that guy. My, my point to all of that is lean into your strengths. And, and so what I would look at more than anything is try it on your own. I would always try stuff, what we call MVP, minimal viable product. Mm. What is, with the lowest amount of investment, the lowest grade version of, what does a B minus look like? Wow. Striving for an A plus will cripple any business. Nobody gets an A plus. And the people that do go out of business because it's so much better than that. It's so much bigger than that. So. When you run the B minus, the C plus version of what you want, like, oh, it's not ready yet, it's not ready yet, great, come back to me in 10 years when you're still not done, right? Because like the world is moving. Fail early, learn, right? So, like I said before, I was willing to say, I, I screwed up, I took responsibility for everything, which meant I also got the most amount of support to solve problems, and I learned really fast. So what I would do is, do what we call the MVP, the minimal viable product for the lowest amount of resources for the dirtiest, cheapest version that you can. 
in that system, find where the bottleneck is. Mm. Now, if it's, oh, I can run Facebook ads, I can get clicks for three cents, and I'm getting people to my webinar, and they're doing all this stuff, but nobody's buying. To me, what it sounds like, your problem is your webinar is not good. So fix that, right? Or, oh, my webinar, I'm getting a whole bunch of sales calls, and they're hopping on the phone, everybody's excited, but not making, uh, nobody's closing. All right, well, the problem there is the sales call. You don't have a problem with getting attention. You don't have a problem creating intent. But for whatever reason on your sales call, maybe say, yeah, it's 500 bucks. Uh, but this will be for, like you, you start, like you're, you're not closing well, right? So the problem is you're a salesperson issue. Or I can get everybody to buy one time and then everybody wants a refund and all that stuff. Well, that's a product issue. My point is find where the bottleneck is and improve that one thing. If you can improve that one small piece, what is the biggest barrier to your growth, remove that one, get that one bottleneck from allowing a drip to a nice little stream through it, you're gonna get way more volume and you'll find something else at the bottleneck. Mm. So just focus on making the weakest chain, link in your chain stronger. Stronger. That's the easiest way of, making, of improving anything. Don't take the best thing that you do and try to lie more on it. If, if, for instance, Facebook ads are what you crush at and you're just destroying the Facebook ads and every, you got a thousand people sign up for your webinar and 900 of them go on to sales calls. For some reason, you can handle 900 sales calls in a week. Uh, not saying that anybody could possibly do that, but for the purpose of this example, and you get two sales. Your problem has nothing to do with the Facebook ads. That's but right. when you get that from two sales to 100, Maybe your problem then is your support afterwards or the quality of people you're bringing in. Like there can be a whole bunch of other things, but identify the single biggest liability to your success and make it a little bit better and a little bit better. And that's why I say the solution is different for everybody. Cause maybe you've got a great, maybe you've got a webinar and when you get 20 people in it, 19 people buy, your sales calls are great, they're fun, they're short, people are throwing their credit cards at the screen anytime they do it. And you're just like, all I need is more people. And maybe your bottleneck is you can't get 30 people to come to your webinar. You can't get 50 people. Well, that's maybe a solution where paying to get attention is the right thing. And maybe you're running a conversion campaign. Maybe you're running a traffic or a brand awareness or video or whatever it is for you. But also identify what your strength is. For instance, for me, I know my strength is talking and explaining people. I can take very complex situations and explain them very easy. And generally that's because I've spent a decade explaining million dollar solutions to 70 year old white dudes who don't have a smartphone and they need to understand <laughs> what I'm doing, right? And so it's like, okay. Oh my God. <laughs> so I have to use real world examples and make it simple in 30 seconds or less. And mm. that was like how I, you know, paid the rent and I got really good at it. And so I know for me, what makes me the most amount of attention and keeps my phone ringing and the lights on and my mortgage paid is explaining that leaning into my strength. So if you can identify the bottleneck in your business and improve it, and then also lean on your strength to shovel as much volume into that bottleneck as possible, you're gonna be great. So the point here is figure out your weakness, make it stronger, and then lean on your strength to maximize the problem. And my point there is if you can get one out of 100 people to convert, awesome, get 1,000 people into that system. 
get 10,000 people in that system, and then also make it two out of 100. Exactly. One out of 100 to two out of 100 is double. That's you right. solve those two problems, you don't need to do anything else. And I feel like so many people just try to make everything good. Mm. And I'll tell you this, the simpler you can make the solution, the more powerful it's going to be. Exactly. And you have to commit to doing one thing really well and figure out where you're absolutely terrible at it and make that thing better. Those are the two pieces. Don't worry about the middle. The middle doesn't matter. Because honestly, that middle is also based on how much you do at the top and how good you do at the bottom. Right? So as soon as you fix one of these two things, that middle is going to look wildly different. And that middle in Facebook ads might be, what interest group am I using? Or what's my retargeting ad? It doesn't matter. There is zero impact on your business with that. People are like, oh, the ad is yeah, great. How much money are you making as an LTV off your customer? Mm. If I can make double the money off the customer, do you think my retargeting ad is gonna double my business? No, doesn't matter. Where is the pain point in my funnel? If I'm trying to sell things in a webinar, where is, oh, I noticed at minute 13, everybody drops off. Well, let me figure out whatever slide is on, on, on minute 13 and just delete it and figure it out, exactly. right? And that comes from being you know, a musician on stage. If I know that everybody leaves the room 14 minutes into my set, <laughs> I'm going to take whatever song is 14 minutes in and get rid of it. That's right. Bottom line. Because then when I get off the stage, I mean, when you're a musician on stage, you have two jobs. Sell alcohol and keep attention and monetize it. So you need to sell as much booze as possible as fast as you can. Honestly, your job is make the girls dance so the boys buy them drinks so the bartenders make money and the bar and, and the owner of the bar has a nice revenue. They'll ask you back anything you want. If you're on stage, your job in any music event is to make girls dance, bottom line. If you make the girls dance and the guys buy drinks and the bartenders get paid, you will sell merchandise. And that's rock and roll in one sentence. You make that happen, you're gonna be good. And Chuck Berry figured that out in 1952. You know what I mean? Little Richard figured that out in church when he was 16 years old. So like, simple truths. And my point to that is just figure out how that works in your life and in your mm. business. Where is the Powerful. biggest drop off in what you're doing and fix it. Amazing. For media buyers that you've interacted with, tens of thousands of thousands of them, what are some common mistakes or patterns that you see amongst them that you're like, you are literally killing yourself doing this, or that's why those ads are not performing well. What are some of those? Yeah, let me go. Let me go down to three things, and I'll try to go through some. Little, I've been talking soliloquy and telling stories all the time. I'll try to. Be, I'll try to be faster. So three things. Number one, they try to make Facebook look good. I have made the Facebook ROAS numbers mm. so good the business almost had to close their doors because Facebook mm. is just a piece of an overall system. Somebody sees your Facebook ad, maybe they Google something. Or they, maybe you get a 6x return on $300 or you could get a 2x return on five grand. When somebody brags to me about it and made a 3x return, it's like, well, what was your break even? Oh, 1.2, we're making money. Like, great. So you spent four times more money than you should have. Or four times less money than you should have, right? Oof. You made 3x return, you could have made money at 1.3. Spend three times more tomorrow. You make more money. So I feel like that's a big thing. Um, something else is people feel like they can control the customer journey. 
And the honest truth is, you can't. Wow. You have no control over... You can see people in your business. But like, I used to run New Balance, right? If somebody goes to Nike, checks out some trainers, and abandons cart, my ad should be the next thing they see. But if I'm only targeting people that run New Balance today, I'm never going to show my ad to that Nike person. And I'm going to lose that sale. Mm. And it's so much easier to try to just be where people need you to be and make the best sales pitch that you can. And then let the system that is looking at billions of people and trillions of data points in real time every single day, figure out what does somebody want to see? Facebook's business model is eyeballs for profit. They show you content to keep you on the platform so they make money. All you need to be is the right solution for Facebook to keep somebody on the platform and then of those available choices, which one are have the best unit economics for your business? If you can figure that out, everything else is easy. And I highly recommend it. I've been teaching this for, for four years now. Go broad. Don't use targeting. Let your ads do the targeting. Yeah. And I've seen you on Instagram go super King yeah. Kong on, stop using yeah. interest. Go <laughs> broad. And I'll say this. You want to say you're in France and you want to sell dog food. You know how you do it? You start your ad with, do you own a dog? You know who that's not going to see that? Don't, you don't own a dog? You're not going to see that ad because it's bad for Facebook to show that ad to somebody else. But maybe I'm somebody that spends my time just talking smack on dogs all day long. Well, I'm in the interest group of dogs because I'm talking about it all the time. So you're spending your money making sure that somebody that doesn't want to see your ad gets exposed to it all the time. That's a terrible business. And you're wow. paying extra for that interest group. It's a tax to customize. You cost, guac costs extra. That interest group is more expensive than broad, right? $2.54. Yeah, so my point is just give the best available choices. Anybody on the street, right? And it's in this back, it comes from just, again, hustling CDs on the street, right? What is the sales pitch looking at somebody in? I got three or four things I can say to somebody and the right combination of those things is gonna make a sale. I'm gonna let the system designed by thousands of people way smarter than me looking at trillions of data points in real time around the world, see as much data for as cheap as possible to meet my business objectives. And if I do a good job at that, it's gonna give me preferential treatment and it's gonna get better and better and better over time. So I feel like a big issue is people try to control that. They think there's such thing as a retargeting ad. That's a lie. They think there's such thing as a need for whatever else. You're not overcoming objections. Facebook is not Google. It is not email. It is not a demand or inventory based platform. You are trying to acquire attention and monetize it. Bottom line. And you give the system the best choices you remove the weakest link, the chain gets stronger, and you keep it as simple as possible. And then the last thing I think I see people making mistakes is they don't know their overall blended results. And what I mean by that more than anything is I've been teaching this thing forever called ecosystem ROAS, and there's a big thing going around around MER and all this stuff. But I'll say this, attribution is nonsense. Nobody gets credit for a sale. And let me put it to you this way. When you walk into a car dealership, is that, car, is that salesperson that took you to test drive the reason you bought that car? No. You saw commercials, your friends talked to you about it, you saw the billboard, whatever. That salesperson doesn't get attention, doesn't get credit. So why are you giving the Facebook ad that was the 15th thing that that person saw in the last week that they happened to click on credit for your sale? Doesn't matter. 
So my point to all of this is if you understand how much money you put out and how much money is your cash register at the end of the night and then you figure out how to make that ratio better, you're going to be fine. And that almost always comes at running less efficient and running more volume and just trying to make a better ad and a better offer and a better customer experience. You want to scale your business? Work on customer service. Because when you make a sale, you don't acquire a customer. Anybody can buy anything once. Doesn't mean I have, to have I give a damn it at all. You were just there. But if I buy from you a second time or a fifth time, I'm infinitely more valuable to you. That's a customer. So work on that and then just make exactly. Facebook the thing that brings you more people. Making a sale on Facebook is a lead to potentially closing a deal on a relationship that you can monetize. When you think of it like that, hopefully the world changes and you make a lot more money doing a lot less work. Yeah. Uh, it's so crazy the way ads are being yeah. ran nowadays. It, it, it feels like it's almost scum. You know, like you have the, like the most vile characters that are shady and so many people have been mm -hmm. burnt by agencies and you know, uh, people almost imagine some rich guy throwing his shoes up on the countertop and his legs and he's just counting dollar bills and lying like, yeah, we can do that. And, you know, this, yeah, pay us five grand and give him most horrible yeah. results ever. What do you, what do you think? I know those guys. 100%. I've worked with them. I know them. Oh my God. That's absolutely true. I can name them. I won't, but like, I know them. 100% true. 100% true, which is why I teach. I want to teach you how to fish. Now, and I think it, it, it's key. One of the things as, and you being, you have your own mm -hmm. clients that you work with. When you talk about, do you charge based on return on ad spend? Are you doing rev share? Are you doing a monthly retainer? Are you doing, uh, how, how do you price that out so that the time experience that you've developed and the energy you're pouring into their campaigns and the results they're getting, it's, you know, yeah, symbiotic. Uh, I'll, I'll try to, again, I think I said I'm going to try to answer faster. I'll do a much better job this time. Um, the <coughs> longest awesome relationships job. I've had have been flat fees that are less than my change on the business. If, I, if you're working with me, makes you an extra 20 grand, you can pay me 10. All day long, because if I go away, you lose 20. Bottom line. So what is my time worth? What is, worth, what is me picking up the phone worth to your business? I'll take a percentage of that. And I'm gonna mark that out as a simple dollar amount every month. I don't work with contracts. I don't have anything in line like that. You pay me in the beginning of the month. If you're happy, you pay me in the first of the next month. If you're not happy, you let me know, and I'm gonna know well before you're that, like, hey, this is going south quick. Um, uh -huh. I have done many other models and what I have found is the relationships I've had for years, the relationships that have paid me hundreds of thousands of dollars, not, not in one year, but like over time, right? Somebody paying me the five grand a month, the 10 grand a month for years and years and years. They were all flat fee and I undercharged and I over delivered and I charged the next person a little bit more and I just stayed busy. Mm. And when my calendar was full, I went back to that first person. I was like, hey, look, I know I was charging you 500 bucks, but now I'm charging 2K. Can we do 1,000? 
And if that answer isn't an immediate yes, then they're not worth it and go out and get somebody that's 2,500. Because you might like working with that person, but if you're able to charge two grand to a business, five grand, 10 grand, whatever, to a business, that person that you're charging 500 to should see an upside in your relationship worth more than that. They got you on the cheap. And that's okay. I have relationships with people that pay me one quarter of what I charge other people. And every year I stack on like an extra 500 bucks or something. But those relationships are fundamental because I can't tell you how many good relationships I have make my phone ring and my email inbox full. People, my sales calls, yeah, sure. Done. And they know what I'm paying somebody else. And I'll be like, yeah, it's more. And they're like, oh, okay. Mm. Like, I remember one time I was working with somebody, <laughs> I was working with a brand and I was charging them 5K a month. And their VC, their like, you know, investor came to me. He's like, can you work on another brand? I was like, sure. He's like, awesome. I was like, great, six grand. And he's like, but you're paying, like, okay. Do you want to work with me? Yes or no? Like, my calendar's full. My last this guy was awesome. 2,000. My, my, my first clients paid me two grand. I said to them, hey, look, I'm charging five grand now. They said, no, if you want to pay me six, you can take their spot or no. And when you leave that on somebody, when you flip the table on them, that works out. I don't know, it works for me, you know? Um, and, and so I've I found that the best thing for me is to charge a unit rate and I charge the next person a little bit more and the next person a little bit more until I find what my market rate is. And when I find out what that is, then I'm sitting in a good place. And if I can't charge more, it means that I need to be better. And it is a meritocracy mm. on how much money you will make. It's also a meritocracy on how much money you're willing to ask for. Because I know people making 20 grand right. that are half as good as somebody charging three. And the number one way of making more money is ask. Wow. Yeah, I used to charge, I remember I used to charge $500 a month to work with people. And then somebody was like, yeah, how much wow. will it be? I was expecting maybe two grand. And I was like, yeah, you got it right. Yeah, it's exactly two grand. I went from 500 to $2,000 overnight. I never accepted less than two grand after that. <laughs> and, and my point is, is, is that simple. Like my MBA program, for instance, it is not 200 bucks. And if you pay for it, you're gonna make three, four, five times what you pay me back before it's over. But I also know what is the right amount. I don't wanna overcome objections. I don't want people to be worried about money, but I know what I'm worth. And I know that if I charge X amount of money, I can get one person a week. And if I get one person a week, mm. I, I'm, okay. I'm making 10 times what I did five years ago. And I'm happy. And that's what it's all about. At the end of the day, what's going to keep my, what's going to make me happy? And if you're working too hard, you're not, you're not charging enough. And if you're not working hard at all, swallow your pride, charge less. Fill your calendar and then charge more. I, I started at 10 bucks an hour, you know? Yeah. And now it's, 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 you, yeah, you know? It's a dynamic. And as you charge more, it's going to be uncomfortable. And then you're like, oh, well, that was easy. Fine, that's my new thing, right? And it's like, you know... <laughs> Uh, I'll give this example real quick. Just 
People used to run the mile and it'd be like five minutes, four and a quarter, all this stuff. And, and there was this impossible thing of a four minute mile. And then one dude did it. And now it's like, if you're in high school and you run a four minute mile, cool, you might get a college scholarship. But it's not special, right? We saw the same thing happen with the 10 meter dash, 100 meter dash, can you do it in 10 seconds? Now it's like, well, yeah, Usain can do it in 9.8. Like if you're, not, if you're not under 10, you're not even making the Olympics. It's because one person did it and now that's just what's acceptable. And there's no change between that. There's no difference between that and anything else. So um, that's what I really try to, to tell people is, is that. And I think I said I was going to answer quicker, but yeah. I didn't. Charlie, what, what type of people come to you for the MBA program? Is it media buyers? Is it agency owners? Is it people that are looking to become uh, media buyers? Do you have people that are what, what kind of people over and over are you seeing? Uh, I love that question and I appreciate the, uh, the opportunity to try to shill a little bit here. Uh, what I would say is 40% of the people that come in are entrepreneurs. Folks have been burned. Mm. Folks that want to know how to do it so they can ultimately hire in-house and they take the system and the process and that ongoing support to basically train their internal teams because they're just not going to pay an agency anymore. Um, about 35% are agencies. People that are running, they might be a really good, they might be really good. They've got enough clients that they're now going to hire a couple of friends to do some. They've grown organically, but they're stuck. And they want to come in and compete. Mm. Like they want to level up, right? Um, and, and that investment with me means that now they are earning a five-figure difference from this day to this day and forever forward. Right, like they're, 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 they are making that extra 10, 20, 30 grand a month and they know how to conduct their business in a way that that is sustainable. And they're starting to learn how to, instead of growing their business by acquiring more clients, they're growing their clients and charging more. And it is way easier to make more money by charging more because you can't work 10 times harder. So if you wanna make 10 times more money, charge more money. And then the remainder is, is freelancers wow. and media buyers, people, I've had a couple people that were really good and kind of accidentally starting their own agency, moonlighting in their JD job, which I've actually accidentally started an agency once or twice <laughs> in my day. Um, or the people, like I've had a couple people that are just like, this is college. I'm gonna go for this thing because I know if I graduate with this wow. thing, I can go get a job that pays me 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, $100,000 a year. I can get that job. And to be completely honest, like, Inside the program, there are agencies that are looking for, for to hire people. They'll only hire graduates. And I've got professional networks and folks are like, hey, by the way, if anybody knows anybody, and I'm like, well, I've got some grads. I'm like, yeah, please. Because they know that person has spent, has seen Send them all around. 40, 50 hours of lecture and time with me during that program. Um, some one-on-one -on -one time and a lot of recorded lecture. Um, so that person comes out on day one, they're better than every other employee. Or that person on day one is better than 80, 90% of the other people in that building. And their entire team gets stronger. They got and you system. can go from absolute zero to better than 80% of the people in a, couple of, in, in, a, in a couple of months. And that's life changing. It really is. And, you know, the... Magna Carta of Facebook, you know, the ads manager. Uh, when people are running their courses or offers or programs or businesses, 
There's mm-hmm. the done for you. There's the done with you. There's the do it yourself. So, and people, especially I think with Facebook ads, it's like, oh, I just watched this video yeah. module. I got questions. I got I got like eight, six, six, eight different questions. Oh my god. So, is it when they join the program? They're getting those like video modules, and then maybe there's like a group coaching yeah. or some kind of like. So, so it is. There's over thirty hours of recorded lecture. There's weekly group classes led by me. It's not like we're gonna speak with my success manager, some guy or some chick. Like no, it's me. And then everybody also gets regular <laughs> one-on-one time with me, recorded screen share. Like we are in it with you, with everybody you need. There's also a community of current students and alumni. So you're wow. buying into that social net. You're buying into that professional network. It's like going to school, right? Like you, you went to camp, you went to college, whatever. There's a, there's a network of people that went there and did it just like you. And so when you're exactly. buying into it, you're not only buying wow. the knowledge and that direct support for that period, but you're also buying into support with a network and perpetuity, which is... Mm. I have people that graduated six months ago, nine months ago, that are getting their questions answered by other students. They're asking questions that person didn't even think about asking because they weren't even in a place where that was a problem they were trying to solve. And so my focus with all of it is I'm not selling a course. I'm not selling something on Gumroad. Mm. It's not an ebook that you're going to (laughs) ignore. And look, there's value to all those things, right? Some of those things are going to get you where you need to be. This is an institutional investment on changing people's lives. Like what college should be. You know what I mean? We need that. And Exactly. I don't think anybody's doing that. I will say this. I want to be for media buying and business development what Code Academy is. You come in. You pay, and there are like you walk out. You can go into any room in around the world, and you're gonna make fifty, a hundred thousand dollars a year. Boom, bar none. You're gonna you're gonna be close to, or you do it yourself. And during that process, I have so many students that come in that are working at some agency or working for some business, and by the time they graduate, they have two or three clients paying them thirty five hundred bucks. They're making ten grand a month. So we need to send anytime. Anytime we get some media buyers, we. Need I mean, to send hey, look. Hey, what I would recommend is enroll. you just come on in, and then every media buyer that comes to you can go through the training and the process because there's no reason I can't stop you from logging into the thing. You're investing in that in an enterprise solution, right? And and so exactly. that's the thing is I'm basically making this infrastructure to just develop a community that is light years ahead of everybody else because i think the old agency model is dead you are not going to be able to do it and i know that because i was a guy i was a supervisor i was a senior part i was i was all of the things at ad agencies that were doing a million a day if you're not doing a million a month Mm. with a client if you're not stacking up those big blue chip clients like you're not stacking up uber and apple and all those things your agency should instead be thriving off of the three to five, maybe $10,000 a month clients, and you can get four or five of them. And, and, and look, you're gonna make a quarter million dollars, half a million, a million dollars a year. Or you get a team where, you, hey, you can satisfy those clients and you're not aiming 
for those bigger pieces? Because the honest truth is, small businesses need you because they don't know how to do it. Big businesses need you because they're basically hiring a department at a discount. That middle ground, they don't need you because they've got it figured out. That eight to $20 million brand, they don't need you. But if you can take a brand from one to five, they'll work with you forever. If you can, that's, that's the spot where I think agencies can really work. That's where freelancers can work. And the honest truth is a freelancer where their bread and butter, their, their, their food and their rent and their power depends on doing a good job for you. They're going to give a damn. When you're a line item on some agency that's just trying exactly. to grow their business by acquiring more and more customers, you're, you're, if, if, if what they do works, great. They if not, about you. They screw it. You're, yeah, they don't care. So what? Yeah, they, more they're growing their business with a sales team. And any agency that relies on a sales team to grow their business will be out of business soon, unless they land, unless they Ooh, land the, the whale, you know? And look, everybody's got a whale, you know, and that's great. But the agency started in 2018, that's 50 people, that is churning clients every three to four months. Their best media buyers, they're, they're paying 60, 70, 100 grand to, are gonna go on their own and work 10, 15 hours a week and make 20 grand. Do their own thing. Because that- Exactly. Yeah, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't I, you? If you could go out right now and land th two clients for $3,500, wouldn't you quit your $20 an hour job? Of course. Done, deal. I have to buy my own health insurance? No, not a problem. I'm making 100 extra thousand dollars a year. I will pay in cash, done. You know, simple. Exactly. And, and, and if you are an agency and you want to foster that growth, Make sure that those media buyers are so good and the relationships are so strong that they want to stay in or know that there's going to be some churn in your best talent and you just try to make sure that you do the best that you can because in five years, those people are going to be knocking on your door for some other opportunity. And if you burn them, you're going to be shit out of luck. And if you treat them well, you're going to be making a lot more money. I can't tell you how many relationships I have that are five years old, 10 years old, built on being a high integrity person using kindness and results as your currency. Exactly. Yeah. People don't want to switch. Once they start working with somebody, it's like, hey, we're cracking jokes. How's Tino, your wife doing? Hey, you know, da, da, da. and that's going on for years. It's almost like, yeah, yeah. join the day. I, I tell you, like, the first job I quit, instead of getting fired, because I was usually fired from every job I ever had. First job I quit was because they made the mistake of giving me a raise. <laughs> I hadn't gotten a raise in two years. They gave me a raise. I knew the market rate for my skills. Um, mm. They didn't pay it. And within two weeks, I went someplace else. They gave me a 50% raise on top of what they gave me. And within a year and a half, I quit that job. Um, because I realized I was, I was worth more than that, just helping people. But I mean, that's, that's, the, that's the growth. So I gotta get going in a minute or two, but I, I'll say this. Um, I think that what will, pre the people that survive over the next few years are the folks that trade in relationships and are able to solve problems by making things simpler. And ultimately, the folks that are mm. successful are the ones that invest in skills and understanding their economics. If you can be better than other people, 
and you know your numbers, it is extremely difficult to fail. And I see so many people just walking aimlessly through trying to solve the problem that's right in front of them. Like that thing where you're just buddy-buddy all the time. If I ran a thing and I lacked integrity, I'd try to be buddy-buddy with everybody. Especially if I knew I was paying them 40 cents on the dollar, I'd be everyone's best friend. If I'm making a million bucks a year, five, $10 million a year, and I'm paying somebody 20 bucks an hour, I'm gonna be their best friend. So they never leave. They never earn the $100 an hour they're worth, and then mm. I never have to train anybody. And I know business owners that go mm. out of their way to make the nicest office, they do, you know, they get the, the coffee, ma- like how much is it, if you make a nice office, you get a cool coffee machine and business outings and those companies, those clients, and those student, uh, those uh, employees never take a raise and employees. never leave, you're saving millions. Yeah. You're good. So you eat. I, 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 my best advice is, is, is know your numbers and invest in getting better at the things that you're not good at or invest in making the thing that you are elite at make sure that you are cutting edge at it. That, that thing about the bottleneck and your skill. Those are the two things. And if you can't fix your bottleneck, hire somebody better than you and pay them more than they're worth. They can. And then your job yeah. is just to make their life miserable. Like make it so that they have problems, you know? <laughs> and if you can put the problem on everybody else and you're paying them more than they're worth, nobody's gonna complain and you are going to stack money. The most successful people I know, that's what they do. They surround themselves with alphas. The people who are insecure and don't do that, they're, they're you know, on, on dream number five. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, they're just, they're victims. And I don't believe in that shit. Mm. Man, Charlie, this has been an awesome, mind-blowing Your understanding of business, Facebook ads is unparalleled and I can tell that we just scratched the surface Probably, in terms yeah. of your knowledge maybe, maybe we can do some more Q&A stuff and I of course even <laughs> and uh, even my experience coming in being able to talk but if you're out there and you're looking to learn Facebook ads look you can change your life you can change your family's life you can build mm-hmm. generational wealth you won't have to worry about how do I pay this light bill how do I take care of rent how do I take care of mortgage because literally you can develop a skill that's enabling mm-hmm. cash flow 24-7 and the fact Charlie that you were literally in the sauce with Facebook ads guys and like giving them the yeah. product recommendations and building out their own ad- I don't think any more needs to be said than that. But then, not only that, you've managed hundreds of hundreds of hundreds of hundreds of millions of dollars when it comes to product testing variations. So, you're like a seasoned ninja master sensei in this game. And now you're opening up the doors for people to come in and and take a peek at (laughs) the Magna Carta. And... If you're out there, guys, you're watching, you're listening, look, we're going to drop all the links to the NBA program, to the website, to his Instagram. Go ahead and get started. I know right after this call, I got some questions about, hey, Hey, how can I get started? Because this is amazing, and you, you want to, as a media buyer, as an agency, as somebody that is going into Facebook ads, to be so confident 
Why? That energy is always going to radiate when you talk oh, yeah. to those business owners. It's going to allow you to navigate 10 times quicker, give them results five times quicker. So, yeah, I mean, look, no confidence brand. will get you laid and get you paid. So walk into that room knowing your shit. And if you want to know stuff, I, I, I'm doing a, uh, I'm trying to do more regular classes. And if you want to sign up for the next one, it's apply.facebookdisruptor.com. I'm going to do an hour and a half, two hour long thing. Mm. We're going to have some fun. I'm going to show you some stuff. And I'll probably do it every now and again. Like, and just try to, you know, provide as much value as I can to do as best I can do. I think my next one is in like a week and it's measurement, testing, and planning. And what I can do for an eight figure mm. business that you wow. could do on a business spending 80 bucks and fundamentally change your life. Like that's what it is. Like I said, eight years ago, wow. I was living in a basement fired from my third job, making 10 bucks an hour. And now I create, I help people create generational wealth for themselves. And it's not some like multi-level marketing nonsense. I'm just teaching people how to fish. Go out there and fish it up. Like, I don't know, that's a bad example. But the point is, anybody can do it. I'm gonna have to put this on Instagram. Hold up, because this is, this is amazing. Uh, this is, yo, what's going on, Left Familia? I'm here with Charlie T in the house. Look, top 100 Facebook. This guy actually developed products for Facebook. You guys see those legions. You see the catalogs on Facebook. This is the man right here. Not only that, everybody he's worked with over 100. What am I talking about? 1 billion in revenue. He's got his Facebook MBA program. The legend continues. I love it. I love it. Well, man, I got to, speaking of which, oh, I got to call man. with somebody that I'm a few minutes late for, but whatever. We were chopping up. We are having a good time. Um, I really appreciate it, man. I'm glad I got to see, like, I was just sitting in bed, going through Instagram, looking for inspiration for more reels, and I was like, yo, dope. I went in, and I appreciate we were able to make it happen. Nah, man, Charlie, uh, take care. And, oh, one last, let me stop this and just um, mastermind this till next time. Thank you for listening to the Mastermind Your Life podcast with Tolu Owoyemi. We hope you enjoy. Be sure to rate and review this podcast on your favorite listening platform and follow Tolu on Instagram at T-O-L-U dot O-W-O-Y-E-M-I. Keep mastering your life and we'll see you here next time.